You are listening to the Performers and Creators Lab. Every audience is completely, completely unique and all come together to form this feeling. And, um, and, and that's, the, that's the fuel. That's the fuel for the show. And so you, you kind of go below your intellectual filter and you start just responding uh, very, very spontaneously to what's in front of you. Welcome to the Performers and Creators Lab podcast, where we are empowering an army of artists on the leading edge. My name is Holly Shaw, best-selling author of The Creative Formula, hypnotherapist, and creativity coach. On this weekly show, we're going to be helping you to excel at your craft and find your edge, because it is my belief that your creative mind, open to its own genius, has the power to change the world. You are listening to episode 13, Audience Alchemy, How to Take the Crowd with You. So a lot of what we do as artists is uh, a done alone. Do you ever think about that? So much of the creative process for many of us is done sort of in the deep recesses of our mind. It's done in our imagination. It's, you know, there's a lot of stuff that gets worked out, I think, even before you bring it to, you know, say if you're in a band, even if you, before you bring it to your bandmates, there's so much of your work that gets done on your own. And in fact, I dig this. I, I love this part um, about writing and podcasting. And I think that's why I've been so attracted to these in the last few years. Um, is because I really get into that space. I really enjoy having space and time to work on things creatively myself before I'm ready to articulate them. And I, I just like dig sitting in my studio on a Friday night, um, writing or working on, you know, speaking into the microphone to you guys. I love this about what I do. But there's another piece of it that makes it all kind of worth it, that gives it a direction, gives it a place to go, makes it come alive. For every artist that's lonely and in solitude, there is one true partner that every artist has. And that's the partner that makes it all come alive. And it's the element that, you know, although not there for the work in the early stages, once added into the mix, can change everything. And that is your audience. Like a single drop of an elixir into a drink. Once it's added in there, the audience spreads out into everything, infuses everything. It changes the chemistry. And the audience becomes a part of the piece. In the studio, it's all about your vision. And then once you get out in front of an audience, it becomes something else. I mean, how many times have you worked on something for hours, weeks, months on your own only to get it out in front of an audience and see it change completely right before your very eyes? It can be wonderful because it's allowed to breathe and be reinvigorated. Performing art is a collaborative co-creative experience between you and your audience, which can be great, but it can also be hard 
if you feel like your audience isn't on your side. So in this episode, we're going to be talking about that partnership, that relationship with your audience, the most important relationship you can have as an artist. How can you connect with your audience and bring them close again in those moments that you feel disconnected? And we'll be examining your role as the leader of the room and how to step into that more so that you can feel more at ease with your relationship with an audience and you can learn to like drive that wave, right? Instead of getting pummeled and crashed by it. And you are going to love, you're going to fall in love with my guest today, just like I have fallen in love with her. Singer and musician, McLeet. I, I feel like this is such a get that I, I was able to get her to come and be interviewed for this show. She is definitely a musician to watch if you haven't heard of her yet. And she is going to share with us how she's been able to deal with crisis on stage and still win over the crowd. And you're also going to hear about how she's able to collaborate with other artists, yet still maintain her artistic vision. McLeet is an Ethio-American vocalist, composer, and cultural instigator, bringing together Ethio-jazz with a singer-songwriter storytelling and strum. Her new album, When the People Move, The Music Moves Too, was released June 23rd on Six Degrees Records. She has received rave reviews. Get this. She reached number four on the iTunes World Music Charts, number one on the NACC World Charts, and number 12 on the World Charts in Europe. It was also, her album was named one of the 100 Best Albums of 2017 by the Sunday Times UK, one of the Best Soul Albums of 2017 by Bandcamp, and amongst the 10 Best Bay Area Albums of 2017 by KQED. Uh, She has toured extensively across the U.S., U.K., and East Africa. She's played at festivals and venues in the U.S. and U.K. and East Africa, like the Monterey Jazz Festival, SF Jazz Festival, TED Conferences, Lincoln Center, Hollywood Bowl, the Apollo, YBCA, uh, Edinburgh Festival, Davies Symphony Hall. I can't even, I don't have time to even go on and name all the places that she's played. Anyway, suffice to say, she is going to be a great guest today to talk about audience and that's where we're going to begin with her is when we got on the topic of audience if you went to a show and it was like the best show ever you might think oh that was all the musician but no it's also about the energy that the audience puts out and that that gets cycled back to them through the sound that gets bigger and brighter and bolder, more rocking. So I want to think of music as a circle in all ways, responding, 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 always responding, whether it is to the people in front of you or to the, to the movement that contributed to its creation. Oh, I love it. And I love how you started talking about the experience with the audience and how each one feeds the other. So I'm curious, what is your experience um, 
can you get a little bit inside? Because I know so much of it is beyond words, right? But I, I'm kind of drawn to you because you're able to put the, the ineffable into words. So what is it that you're experiencing when when that's happening with the audience? Like, can you talk us through what that's like? Like, are you a little cinnamon, a little, (laughs) how are you sensing that? What's that like for you? I guess I feel like what I've realized is that some audiences say, show me what you can do. And they say it with like a little bit of skepticism. They they are maybe used to being like, they're used to being wowed or they're in a place where they see a lot of music and they, they see it all. They're a little jaded. Those audiences, they take a while to warm up. But when they do, they give you their hearts. And then, other arti- then other audiences are like, show me what you can do. They're like ready to go with you. And in those audiences, it's like from the very, very first downbeat, it's like, oh, we're ready for fire. We're, we're, we're ready for the swing. We're ready for the sway. Like, so, so it's, it's all about the, it's all about the character of the audience. The way I think about it is that there will never be that gathering of people, that exact 300 people with their own day that they had in their own history. Like every audience is completely, completely unique and all come together to form this feeling. And, um, and, and that's the, that's the fuel. That's the fuel for the show. That's beautiful. I I love that you're so present to that. Um, and so going back to what you said, where some audiences are like, yeah, we, we're ready to go with you. And some audiences are like, nah, I don't know. You're gonna have to prove yourself. How do you, how do you sense the difference? Well, I mean, to read an audience, it's the same thing that it takes to read a person. You look at their body language. You look at, oh, they. You, sometimes you can look at somebody like, oh, man, they want to move. But they feel like, you know how some, some venues can be set up so that the first person to dance also becomes part of the show? Like, that's hard, you know? <laughs> like, like, is the light dim enough? That's like a big predictor of how much people will, like, get grooving. Um yeah. But you just, you, you sense it with your eyes and you also sense it with your spidey senses, you know, and the most of the thing about being on stage is that you have to learn to follow your impulses and your instincts. And so you, you kind of go below your intellectual filter and you start just responding uh, very, very spontaneously to what's in front of you. That's what I learned from jazz. Yeah. Well, and how, how do you think you've cultivated that? Was that something that you feel like you're, you're, you have extra spidey senses or do you feel like you've just gotten better at that? <laughs> well, everything can be practiced. Like, don't let anybody tell you that, <laughs> any, you know, that's, everything is practiced. You know, you don't, you don't start off good. You're only bad until you're good at something. You know, you just, you just kind of learn as you go. That's the thing about art. You just learn by doing it. Yeah. And have you ever had an audience that didn't want to go with you and they were really hard, but then you've like, have you ever just not won over an audience and, and how do you sort of manage? I guess, I guess, you know what I've, I've definitely, there have been on every audience is different, like I was saying, but there's sometimes big challenges, but it's so interesting because sometimes the audiences that I've had the biggest challenges with some kind of technical difficulty has come up and it's actually been, the point around which we can connect. So 
I remember one day, in fact, I was playing at Google, <laughs> at the Google headquarters, and it was this very interesting show, but it was like at lunchtime, and it was really, really hot outside, and everybody was just like huddling around the shade, like the little bits of shade on the quad, like cows do in a field, you know, and they're all under that one tree, <laughs> like in a really, really hot day, and um and people were busy and, you know, Google is also like, kind of like everybody's always overwhelmed and really working hard all the time. And then the sound cut out and you thought, oh, wow, what a strange place to have a technical difficulty. But the sound just totally stopped working. And the band, we just took our instruments and we went acoustic and we just walked out onto the grass where the people were under those trees and we played right in front of them there. And you better believe that after that moment of technical difficulty when we like came to them they just opened right up so you know it's just you just have to be flexible and keep trying stuff it's like life just stay experimental and you'll figure it out when we come back i'm going to be sharing with you an exercise to connect with your audience and we'll also hear more from McLeet about team collaboration and maintaining your artistic vision. If you love listening to the Performers and Creators Lab podcast, then you should subscribe on your iTunes app. Subscribing is free and you do it simply by the click of a button. And it means that new episodes show up in your playlist and you never miss one. Also, while you're there, please rate and review the podcast on iTunes. And hey, listen to this. If you leave a review, good or bad, you'll automatically get entered to win an autographed copy of my book, The Creative Formula. That's right. I'm going to write a little message in there and take it to the post office for you and everything. So every week after our February 14th launch, I'm going to be picking one reviewer's name out of a hat and declaring a winner. So leave me a review and it could be you receiving that book. All right. So this week's winner, I'm going to draw a name out of the hat. People that have given me reviews. This week's winner is Krusty Guy. Crusty guy. Crusty guy. You guys are killing me with these names. Crusty guy, reach out to me. Um, an email, holly at performersandcreatorslab.com. And I'm going to autograph a book and send it to you. I just need your snail mail address. So go ahead and do that. And for the rest of you, if you haven't written a review, just go ahead and write a review and you'll be entered to win the drawing, I'm going to be drawing a name out of the hat every week and sending a free copy of my book. And this is a really nice review that Krusty Guy left. It's actually like a whole paragraph of, you know, really gets into it. So thanks for that, Krusty Guy. I think that your review was really nice. I appreciate it so much. And thank you, everybody, for listening to the show and for telling your friends about it. You know, this show is growing week over week. Um, we're doubling in size nearly every week um, as far as people listening to it. And I, I owe it all to you. So I feel like the people who already are listening are sharing it. And that's really cool because um, I really am trying to, you know, rally an army of artists. And when I say that, I know, you know, some of us have an aversion to the word army. But think about it as 
an army of artists, like not infiltrating the world by trying to seize power, but infiltrating the world through thoughts and ideas and experiences to open people to their own power, to their own ability to think for themselves and to the interconnectivity of all of us as a global community. And, you know, in this army of artists here at the Performers and Creators Lab, we don't all dress in uniform. We don't have the same look. We don't sound the same. Or maybe we don't even share the same ideas or ideals. But we recognize that this diversity is a good thing. And we foster a shared respect of our differences. And we encourage that everyone that we perform for, everyone who encounters our work, also uh, gets that transmission as well. And that, that is what it means to be an army of artists on the leading edge. All right, now it's time for an initiation exercise to help you become your most potent and powerful creative self. This initiation exercise is called the watermill. I've taught this to many groups. The watermill is wonderful for those moments where you accidentally disconnect from your audience, where all of a sudden you're standing up there and you're like, oh my God, like nobody's, like I just feel like them shifting in their seats and like totally not into it. So it's really good for those moments. It's really great for dropping into the optimum mindset before you even step onto stage or before you go into an audition. So it's really great at calming your nervousness. So it's one of the the top um, things that I teach people to help them with stage fright. But it's also great for just simply connecting with your audience, period. So the watermill. The watermill is easy to remember because it flows like a big watermill. It goes out and in and out and in. And just if you think of like a water wheel picking up water from the river and the river is kind of moving it, so um, so is, is this exercise. That's exactly what you're doing. So you are the water wheel. So you're going to go, there are five steps, four steps, but I, I just recently added a fifth one. Five steps, and it's easy to remember because it goes out and then in, out, and then in, and then out again. All right, so the watermill. So step one is you put your attention out. You put your attention outside of yourself and you notice something around you in your surroundings. Perhaps it's the wall that you're looking at. Perhaps it's your partner. You can just, if you're lucky enough to have a partner on stage or other people with you, you can look at your partner and notice something about them that is facts. Now, this is very important because the moment that we start adding color to it, our brain starts to move in a different groove and it can very easily, our thoughts can very easily turn to, to judgment in a negative way. So, for example, I have people do this exercise and they look at their partner and they'll say something very factual like, um, I'm noticing that their eyeglasses have a white rim around the edges and beautiful smile and I go, uh-uh-uh. The beautiful smile part. See, even though that's a nice thing to say, we're starting to get into judgment value. You're starting to put judgment value onto something. And when you do that, 
then you're setting yourself up for a slippery slope into judging everything and yourself. And you can easily turn it into, oh, they have a beautiful smile. I wish my lips were more perfect like that. Oh, no, I'm so ugly. And what am I doing here? Why am I on stage? Do you see how quickly that that just downward spiraled? Yeah. So keep it factual. Number one, notice something outside yourself and notice the facts. Number two, come back in and notice something inside yourself. So we're going to take it back to your body. Feel in your body. Pay attention to what is, you know, something that your body is trying to tell you in this moment. Maybe your hips are a little tired or maybe your neck is a little sore or, um, you know, just notice a sensation in your body period. Maybe your heart is beating a little fast. Just notice that. And then try to bring it down. So it's always good to, um, no matter what the awareness is, bring your awareness down into your hips, into your legs, into your feet. It's just a very grounding thing to do. So if you're, especially if you're trying to counteract any kind of nervousness, bringing the energy down and noticing your hips or noticing your, your feet on the floor is going to help with that. Number three, we go out again. So this time, you are going to go out and you're going to listen to the audience or to whoever's in the room with you. You're going to listen with your spidey senses. So what are you sensing in the room? What are you sensing? Perhaps you just came in for an audition and it went really badly beforehand and you can feel the tension in the room. Okay, so maybe you're sensing that. Um, and you're not necessarily going to be right every time. This isn't about you intuitively assessing everything correctly, but you're just noticing what you're hearing. What are you sensing in the room? What are you sensing in the audience? Maybe your audience, it's a Friday night. Everybody had to rush through traffic to get to the show. Everybody's a little tired. Maybe you're sensing that. So just sensing what the energy is, what the general feeling of your audience is in the room. Okay, and then number four, you bring the attention back into yourself and you receive that. So you receive whatever it is that you just heard when you were listening with your spidey senses. You receive it, you allow yourself to kind of bring it back in and receive that. And then finally, you are basically listening to yourself to what wants to come forward from that. What is being called to you to bring into that space? Okay. And then finally, number five is going out again. So this is where you share something. And this is where you would then take action again because you are filling that space with something that you were felt called to gift to the room to sort of maybe it's a really the energy is really dull so you have to gently bring it up a notch or maybe the energy is really high and you have to calm everything down and you're wanting to bring it in and and focused so whatever it is you're gifting that's number five and that's the watermill out in out in out and here's some quick questions that people always ask me about this They're like, geez, once they practice it, that seemed to take a long time. Am I supposed to do that every time? Like that takes a long time to do that. And not really. 
It really doesn't. Once you practice this, once you start using it, you can use it anywhere. You can use it to connect with your partner. You can use it to connect in front of a classroom. You can use it um, anywhere to connect with anyone. So once you start practicing it, you'll find that it starts to flow pretty easily and pretty naturally. And that um, there's a natural tendency for that to just kind of continue. And then people are like, well, am I supposed to be consciously thinking about this watermill as I'm like watermilling during the whole scene? No. No, you don't just let it go because once you get that wheel into motion, it's generally going to just sort of keep spinning on its own. But it's good to pick it up again and do it consciously anytime you feel that connection stop. It means that 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 water wheel has stopped turning, stopped churning, right? And so you need to get it moving again and then that would be a good time to do the out in out in out. And what I think is really special about the watermill is that what does a water, when you think about it, what does a water mill do? Like what does a water wheel and a water mill do? What's the purpose? It's creating energy. It's creating energy through that um, picking up and releasing and um, the going out and the in. It's creating, it's turning, it's creating energy. And that's the exact same thing that you'll be doing in this exercise. And now we're back talking with Ethio-American vocalist, composer, and cultural instigator, McLeet. I, you know, I'm so impressed with how much that she's done that I started asking her about how she gets help, like who, who's on her team, who helps her, um, what kind of people does she have behind the scenes kind of helping her make it all happen. I have had a manager in the past um, and they were, you know, wonderful, but um, you know, it's challenging because the music industry is in a place right now where it's changing so quickly that nobody really knows what they're doing. So including me, like everybody is just doing their best and trying. So it's hard for me to hand somebody authority and say, manage me because what I really want is a collaboration. So it's something that I've gone, I've had many teams is the answer to that. Um, and that's something that'll keep evolving. And right now I'm working with like uh, an assistant who's awesome, but yeah, I'm, I'm a pretty DIY person. And I'm also, I also have a strong vision, so I can't let, I can't just hand over details to people and be like, okay, handle my visual branding. It's like, no, that has to come from me, you know? Yeah. Well, what I can tell actually looking at your work and looking at how you put it out there and your vid- some of your videos, um, it makes sense now that you say this, this, that everything is cohesive, right? Like it just feels like it's all coming from you. It's not like you're saying, oh, produce this video for me. I don't know what it's going to be. You tell me what to do, you know? Um, and you can tell that you are, you've got your hands in the clay in all aspects because of how every word, every color on your website, every video sort of has this cohesiveness, which is really beautiful. So I'm very impressed that you do it all yourself. Now, now I understand, but wow. 
Well, it's, it's, it's not quite that I do it all myself. Like for example, I'm, but I, but I'm involved, deeply involved in everything. Like for example, he directed the Afro video, the Kemakem video, and he's like an amazing visionary. And he's somebody who, like when I work with Pete, you can, it, it's, it's definitely a conversation, but he also just, he just understands me and he's, Pete Lee is on another level. We're working on a new video right now. We're shooting on Sunday. So working hard for that. So there are definitely folks involved, but, but yes, I'm, I'm at the core of most of it. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. And how do you find that talking about a collaboration? It's something that I think is very necessary for artists to be able to work with others. And yet we each tend to be rather, you know, most artists are rather, this is how I want things. This is my vision. Um, and we can be sort of strong. We can consider ourselves sort of outsiders. Sometimes we're a little introverted in some ways and quirky. So how, so artists are often interested in how do I work well with others? <laughs> so I'm curious for someone who it's does. Like kindergarten. Yeah. <laughs> plays well with others. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm curious, do you have any tips for an artist when it comes to being a strong woman with strong um, strong opinions and strong vision and being able to play with others? Is it a matter of picking the people you play with? or? Yeah, I mean, I definitely take the Miles Davis approach, which is like he would watch people for years before he would invite them into his band. And then once he invited them into his band, he would say, do you, you know, be you. He would pay them to not rehearse because he just wanted them to be themselves. But he knew exactly what he was getting. So, <laughs> so that's that's the Miles Davis approach to, to bringing a team together, like watch and make sure that they are the right fit for you and then invite them in. That's one way to think about it. Um, another way to think about it is just like, there's always going to be certain things that really matter to you and certain things that um, you feel flexibility on. So, you know, like for example, with my band, I, I can be like, okay, guys, this has got to be the swing. Like now you can interpret that, but here's the, like, this is the, this is the pulse or like, you know, this particular baseline is really important to me but horns feel free to interpret over that you know you can you just have to know like which part of it is really important to you and which part of it feels like it would be stronger with collaboration because that's the other thing it can be stronger with other people's visions when their vision aligns with yours right so it's a matter of making sure that vision aligns with yours and and being clear about the things that you really want have you, do you, when you're on stage, do you feel like you're experiencing an ultra consciousness? Like, do you feel like that's a different state? <laughs> um, yeah, I do. I feel like it's the difference between, um, like, for example, after shows, I'm a total space cadet. Like, I can't attend to details. Like, I don't want to do. I don't want to settle at the end of the night with a venue. Like I don't want to think about the names on the, on the email list, but it's not because I don't want to. It's because I just spent two hours making my energy so big that it can fill a room. And then it just takes a while to come back down to normal. And you eventually create processes for that, which can be, 
you know, which, which have to be positive and let you do it again and again, like a meditation or a breathing exercise or some kind of like, some kind of, you know, uh, something to bring you back to your regular self. Um, so yeah, it's an altered state of consciousness. Food is good for that. Like eating a good meal is good. It's good for that. Like let the blood rush to your stomach. Like you'll, you'll get back to normal. <laughs> yeah, I agree. And do you ever, have you ever had uh, performance anxiety? Oh yeah, of course. Of course. Especially at the beginning. Um, but I eventually realized that anxiety is actually just extra energy. So if it's just part of what lets you get really, really big. So like about 45 minutes before a show, I'll start to like jump around a lot and I'll start to like do jumping jacks backstage and I'll just like mess with the band and just like start to do the flash dance dance backstage. It's just like, I can't, I can't stop moving. And it's just the extra energy is coming. It's like, oh, okay, my body's getting ready to, my body's getting ready to, to, to make it, to do that thing that it does. And without that extra energy, kind of can't do it. So it's more about managing extra energy than it is about being nervous or not nervous. It's like about flow and placement. Yeah. Right on. That makes sense. I'm wondering like, what is it? What is your, what is your favorite part of the, this whole process of being a musician? I mean, I think my favorite part is just that I get to sing every day. <laughs> you just get to sing and sing and sing and sing. And there's nothing that beats that. It just feels so good. Just like even the feeling of when your voice kind of gets into your lungs and into your chest and your chest starts to rumble and it's like you're massaging yourself on the inside, like, and just like your heart is literally being activated with vibration. And it's just like, ooh, it just feels so good. So it's just great that I get to do that every day. So I'm just grateful for that. Um, and then I, I'm grateful for the poetry and for, and for getting to sing my truth, you know, and for having a space to do that in the world and to, for having it be meaningful to other people and for not working for anybody else because I, I really like working for myself. Like, I don't think I'd ever, I don't know, never say never, but I really like being in control of my own time and my own um, direction in any single day. Like that's something that I just love. Don't you just love it when you're totally killing it on stage? It seems like you're riding an endless wave of energy and the audience is totally picking up what you're putting down. And don't you totally hate it when it's not like that, when everything feels off and you can't seem to get on top of the downward spiral? That's horrible, right? Well, I hear you, and I have felt the same way too. I felt great, and I've also felt like... So that's why I've spent over 20 years studying performance, what makes a good one and how to have it myself. And that's why I have put... 
some of these things into this mini course, which I'm gifting away to my listeners this week. It's called Captivate Your Audience, Three Tools for Performance, Mastery on Stage or in Front of the Camera. And this is a mini course that I normally charge for, but I'm giving it away to my listeners. You find it on performersandcreatorslab.com forward slash podcast gifts. And it's a really great little course. It's got three crucial elements to create riveting performances and fill your events. Um, It's got the watermill exercise. So we go into that four-step method to dropping into the optimum mindset before stepping on stage. It's got how to turn boredom into bravos and also the two most important parts of any performance. So this is a great... Um, three videos, actually got four video uh, mini course called Captivate Your Audience. And included in it is a bonus meditation MP3 before stepping on stage, say yes. So it, it's a short little two minute meditation that you can download, you can use before you get on stage. And that's included in this mini course as well. So go ahead and go over to performersandcreatorslab.com forward slash podcast gifts. And there's going to be a link to go and get this free course um, to enjoy and to make your performances more magnetic and more powerful. Listening to the Performers and Creators Lab podcast with me, Holly Shaw. Call and leave a comment at 415-870-7064. Again, that's 415-870-7064. Or you can find out more about us on the web at performersandcreatorslab.com. Sound. Silence. Hybrid. Iteration. Diaspora. The scattering of seeds. Silence. That was my answer. <laughs> Um, success. Different for everyone. Mastery. You know it when you see it. Diversity. More, please. Home. The lighthouse. An audience. I, I want to say something like, you're never outside of it. Because mm. we're always listening. Mm-hmm. We're always witnessing ourselves. Mm-hmm. Has there ever been a time when you were playing and you went so far into ecstasy that you weren't even watching anymore? Well, that's the goal. Right. You know. Um, and then I think that was oh one more, one more, okay. Performer. The youngest child. <laughs> <laughs> the youngest child of any family. 
I'm the youngest child, so that really made me. Yeah, me too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're still living it out. It didn't oh, go anywhere. That's hilarious. I did not expect that. Whether you're the youngest person in your family or not, one thing is for sure is your role now as a performer is the leader of the room. Performance is a collaborative co-creation between you and your audience, but you're still the one leading the charge. This means being strong in your vision and not looking to the audience for approval. You need to be the most charged person in the room in alignment with the work that you're sharing. And so you get into trouble if you get too concerned with whether your audience is liking you or not. You need to be concerned first and foremost with this. Do you like you? The audience is kind of like a small child in this way. Discerning, honest, and a little wary of strangers at first. So you've got to talk with them a little before you take their hand. You've got to coax them gently to come with you wherever it is that you're taking them. Because it's your job to prepare them, to take care of them, on the awesome journey ahead. You can find out more about McLeet and get her new album on her website, mcleetmusic.com. That's McLeet spelled M-E-K-L-I-T music.com. And don't forget to pick up your free Captivate Your Audience mini course at performersandcreatorslab.com forward slash podcast gifts. The new music that you hear in this podcast is compliments of composer Dan Cantrell, and it's custom made for the Performers and Creators Lab podcast. Many of the topics and ideas for these episodes come directly from you and your comments and your posts in the Performers and Creators Lab community Facebook group. So be sure to find us and join us there. I want to make sure I thank my creative think tank team, Melanie Myers, Erica Milligan, and Hannah Romanowski. And of course, I want to thank my producers, Q4TA, and executive producer, Robert Cholino, at The Voice American Network. And thank you for listening. And be sure to subscribe so that you can look forward to a new episode every week. My name is Holly Shaw.